two men started talking, and their conversation shocked them. Mike, Mike, a Gen X conservative. Pedro, Pedro, a middle-of-the-road millennial. Ready to hear the issues from both sides? Buckle up for the Mike and Pedro Show. All right, guys. Welcome to the Mike and Pedro Show. Yeah, you goddamn right it is. The goddamn Mike and Pedro Show. Whatever happened to patriotism. Today, we are joined by a good friend of the show, Steve. Steve is a firefighter. He's going to tell us about being one of America's heroes. Say hi, Steve. Hello, everybody. Nice. America's heroes. Yeah, because even... Even cops need heroes sometimes. Uh, uh, I, I don't know anything about that. We appreciate you taking time climbing down the ladder, trying to get a grandma's kitty so you can go eat her cookies. Sliding down the pole. Yeah. What else we got? Hmm. Cats? Anybody want to talk about cats and trees? You would be the subject matter expert on that. <laughs> I think I would be. So, Steve, tell us, what is it like being a firefighter in today's society? Well, it's kind of changed quite a bit over the last couple of years. Probably most first responders have had major changes, but for firefighters, it's changed quite a bit, you know, with COVID, with protests, with uh, riots and just general homelessness and lawlessness, it's kind of changed quite a bit. I work in a a medium-sized city, but one of the bigger cities in the area, and our homeless population has just exploded. The drug problem has exploded. In my particular station, we respond probably... 95 out of 100 calls are homeless related, whether it's overdoses or fights or something like that, or somebody starting another rival camp on fire or something like that. So as far as our calls have changed, you know, that's that's changed quite a bit. Our our homeless population has exploded in the last couple of years. COVID, that's another big one. We've had to change our procedures and how we respond to things, our our personal protective equipment that we wear, um, what we actually respond to, how we respond, whether or not we respond at all. A lot of changes in the last few years, but overall, still a good job. I really like it. So when you signed up to be a firefighter, I know this is an issue for cops. When mm-hmm. cops signed up to be cops and talking to uh, one of my sisters about this, it was a thing where it's like, hey, I just want to be the cop that goes out and handles the pursuits. So call me up. It's like Mad Max. I'm going to go handle pursuits. And I'm guessing that's not how law enforcement works. But as a firefighter, did you sign up excited knowing that you were going to be handling homeless situations or were you more into it trying to get into dealing with fires? When I first started, I was super excited. You know, you're going through training, you're you're going through, you know, you're learning all your hose practices and how to roll hose and load hose and do all that stuff. And you're thinking, oh man, this is going to be great. Let's get off training and start actually responding to stuff. And uh, yeah, thanks for not making any jokes about hose handling there. Appreciate that. But, uh, you know, you're almost, almost there. It was, it was about to come out, but. Just a little more, a uh, little more beverage in you. Yeah, just a little bit. Just gotta get a couple more in me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, right, super excited for fires and all that stuff. And and then it turns out you don't really go on fires that often. Um, society has changed quite a bit with regards to fire resistance construction and fire suppression systems built into buildings, things like that. So we don't really get the fires we used to. When we do, you know, they can be pretty good, big fires. But but just the fires in general are probably only about. Yeah, ten to fifteen percent of the calls we would typically run on. You know, the rest would be car accidents and mostly uh, medically related stuff because we do medical also. In your professional opinion, do you think that the homeless crisis could be solved with the road flares? Road flares? Huh? I'm not sure how to answer that one. Don't. To direct, <laughs> Don't. To, direct, Don't. <laughs> to direct traffic away from the homeless people. Oh, to keep them safer. 
Yes. Yes. I think that's probably a good idea. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's where he was going it. with that. They could also use it to keep hot dogs or do s'mores. Yeah. 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 <laughs> road flares. I think you're you're using road flares wrong, Mike. <laughs> I haven't done a proper training on how to get a load of flares. As a firefighter, you do have a little bit of downtime sometimes where yeah. you can obviously lift weights, take a nap, oil each other up and lift some more weights, and then barbecue. Yeah. Do you have a or preference for barbecues? Not particularly. At, at work, we have both a, a Traeger and a gas barbecue. More often than not, we use the gas barbecue just because of the speed factor. If we have uh, if we have time and we want to get a like porchetta or something for dinner, we'll put it on the trigger a little earlier. Pretty good. Do you ever use the road flares? What's that? Do you ever use road flares? Never use road flares. Which one do you like better? I would say, just in general, I would just go with a gas barbecue. They're so easy to use. The yeah. temperature is so easy to set. Pretty instant change as far as changing temperatures go. Triggers you have to kind of really plan out what you're going to do for them. Get your temperature set just right, and it'll take a little while to get it going. So, mm. but as far as the quality of the food, if it's done right, I, I prefer Traeger. I was gonna say, like, which one? Which yeah. one? As far as like taste wise, go taste wise, Traeger for sure. Yeah. Is, is it sacrilegious to use an Instapot to make something and then put it on the barbecue after that? Hey, fuck you, Mike. I use hmm. Instapot. Hmm. I do like Instapots there, Pedro, Instapots actually. great. Thank you. Yeah. 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 I, I like to do it. I like to buy the ribs from Costco, those yeah. pork ribs, put them in the Instapot, cook them on there, and then throw them on the barbecue for like 20 minutes after that to get the smoke factor. Works pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. The other great thing about Instapots is you can really get shreddable meat. You know, you, it's really tender, so you can shred it out. Yeah. And you stick it in the oven or the barbecue, you just get a nice little raise over the top of it. Really good. I think it's important that we talk right now about Instapot safety. It's not okay to use duct tape to seal the Instapot, and it's not okay to mess with the sensor. It's okay. You need to leave it the way the manufacturer intended. Otherwise, it won't work right. Nah, dude. You, no, you, you live too safely, Mike. You need, to, yeah. you, need to, you need to You need to. get outside of that box that you're living in. Well, I think that Instapot should be used in a house or in a building where you live, not on a parade route. It's just wrong. That too soon. <laughs> oh my god, dude! What the fuck yeah. is happening? Wow! <laughs> what? what the fuck, Mike? What the hell, dude? Well, I don't think that was the spot. I think that was a uh, pressure cooker. Yeah, dude. But, what the same fuck? idea, right? Yeah. Oh Jesus Christ! Kind of on the exploding Instapot note. Uh, one of the guys at work was making some sort of spaghetti sauce or some sort of saucy thing in the uh, Instapot, and you know, you vent it, you let it vent till it's ready, then you open it up. He didn't wait till it was done venting. He opened it up and it just blew red sauce all over the kitchen. Mm. Nice. Nice. I always wonder what would happen if you did that. Yeah, don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. Or do it at somebody else's house. Sound. (laughs) Sound advice. Sound advice. (laughs) Talk to me about... uh, So with everything that's going on and uh, people... Because I know I I have some, some... police buddies they've been getting kind of mixed reviews as far as with like the past couple of years and and how people are viewing them uh has it changed much for firefighters or is it pretty much status quo or that's a good question i think as far as public perception goes i think we're still pretty popular i think i think the public mm-hmm. likes us mm-hmm. oftentimes we have people coming up to us and say hey we don't like the cops but we like you guys and, and you know I, I usually counter that hey 
we love our cops. You know, they keep yeah. the scene safe for us and really help us out. You know, that's that's a whole other topic, obviously. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I would say the public perception seems to still be pretty favorable for us. Firefighters in general, I think our morale is at all time low right now, and probably the same with law enforcement. Probably more so with law enforcement because they're they're really taking badgering right now, but. For our department in particular, it's the worst I've ever seen. And I've, I've been on there about 13 years now, so I'm not a super seasoned veteran, but long enough to kind of hmm. Is that just because of what's happening out in like uh, society, or is it uh, just changes in department stuff? Or, or Yeah, I think a lot of it is the homeless issues. Our city is a very progressive city, and it takes a very hands-off, cater-to-the-homeless approach rather than a let's-solve-the-problem approach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The problem keeps growing and growing and growing. We have violence right outside our station. We've had people steal our cars. We had people throw rocks through our car windows and oh, people Jesus. right in front of our property with a uh, you know rebar smash them in the face and all sorts of stuff. We live in a kind of a at least our station is kind of a uh, I don't know. I say I say the neighborhood's really nice, but the neighbors suck, which is kind of true. we're kind of down by the waterfront, so we have a nice view of the water and everything, and mm-hmm. nice view of the downtown area. But if you look the other direction, we get camps and poop and rats and drugs. Jeez. Steve, you like motorcycles. You, yes. uh, you ride a motorcycle. You just had a bunch of work done on your motorcycle. Tell us about yes. that. So I ride a 2007 Suzuki M109R, which nobody knows what that is. It's basically a cruiser on steroids, a muscle cruiser, kind of in the same category as the, the V-Rod or maybe the Triumph Rocket 3 or something like that. It's a lot of fun, really fast, straight lines. Not not great for cornering like a cross rocket is, but it's a lot of fun. It's my oh, life wow. good for... Oh, I'm looking at it right now, dude. Yeah, that's a pretty decent looking ride. Oh, thanks. So what I just did to it was I did a little research and I um, ordered up a new set of intake cams, sent them off, got them ground down for a new uh, intake opening and duration on the valves. And then I installed those and then I had to get it tuned and all that stuff. And then... Uh, I wasn't really happy with it, so I changed out the exhaust pipes and then got it tuned again, and now I'm pretty happy with it. It's one of those things where it's the most in-depth work I've done on a car or motorcycle. So it was, it was challenging. It was fun to kind of buy the uh, service manual and learn how to do all that stuff before I did it. A lot of research. Mm-hmm. Probably frustrated my wife spending too much time fixating on how to get this project done, but <laughs> finally got it done, and I'm pretty happy now. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, have you always rode motorcycles or is it a, uh, a newly found, uh, thing for you? Uh, yeah. So I've probably been riding since 2009. I think I got my first motorcycle. Oh, nice. Okay. Be- yeah. Before that I had my endorsement, but I had ridden some friends bikes and, uh, never really owned once never did a lot of riding. So what was your first bike? It was a 2002 Suzuki Volusia, which is a, a carbureted small version of a, of a cruiser basically i knew that if i got a crotch rocket i would kill myself or get tickets left and right so i went the cruiser route and first bike was a lot of fun lightweight just not very mm. powerful so then i upgraded to this bike and oh yeah. cool so you've only had the two bikes you haven't had like oh okay well, that's cool yeah, just that's cool i know i know you you ride two mike is i know uh what do you have right now i'm still on the v-rod um v-rod? much like it's like steve's bike but just the harley version of it mm-hmm. um, it's you know i haven't done any mods so i was talking to steve last week about the mods that are available for it so trying to figure out if i want to go to stage two or three upgrade on it and probably gonna call in the shop that he worked with when they did the timing to see which one's gonna be give me the most returns 
Um, is that the, is that the one that has like the little little lumbar support? Uh, yeah, if you the, the back of the Google, seat. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. That's fine. E rod, night rod, the night mm-hmm. rod. It's the black one. Uh, it's a good bike. It's a lot of fun. But Steve and I still have a have to go riding sometime. We're just a little ways apart for us to be able to go do it. So you probably come from a different perspective, coming from more because you rode cross rockets and more sporty bikes before going to the kind of sport cruiser bike that you have now. What are your thoughts going from one to the other there? Do you miss the adrenaline of the crotch rocket? Do you like the new kind of riding style? Because the, the cruiser is more of a, at least my bike, I, I, I like going on long rides, long, not really twisties, but curves, you know, and that's what really shines is that, come, you know, a lot of torque and come out of the corners where crotch rockets, you kind of got to carry a lot of speed into the corners and always going fast. Otherwise, you feel like you're not really riding the bike. It was hard for me when I first got the V-Rod. So I had the FZ08 and always took the same route, just going and playing in the back roads and then coming back home on the highway. I went ahead and I took the night rod out. And the difference between a cruiser and a cross rocket is with the cruiser, you actually have to turn into the corners where a crotch rocket, you literally just throw your hips and you just go with the corner. If there's not really hardly anything, any steering going on, that was a big learning curve. Uh, the riding position, I prefer the cruiser because it literally feels like you're sitting on a recliner with your arms sticking out and your legs sticking out. The performance, I miss the FZOE. If I had the option, I wouldn't have sold it. I would have kept both. But that being said, the FZOE, sort of the same issue you would have is just you just ride it way too fast. You know, I went through, I did the night rod on the circuit. Then I took the FZ08 and I was doubling the speed in the corners with the FZ08 that I was doing on the Harley, which was still a little bit faster than the recommended speed for the corners. Mm. So for me, it was good to get rid of it because I knew I was going to end up hurting myself. If you're a first time, right? Because I, I don't ride motorcycles, but I want to get the endorsement and uh, I'd like to start. But is there like like a recommendation as far as like what? you should like a newer person should start out with it's just kind of like yeah just kind of go into it and see what you like and kind of that kind of that kind of thing or is there like a like a known beginner bike that you guys both can agree on that like okay yeah this is probably a good good way to start out if you're if you're beginning to ride a a motorcycle i'll take a shot of this one my brother-in-law does an awful lot of riding and he his recommended bike is a suzuki sv650 it's not a super powerful crotch rocket. You're not quite leaning forward like a crotch rocket. You're not quite sitting back like a cruiser. It's got a decent amount of power, but it's not going to get you into kill you really fast power range. So he really recommended that one. The other one would be the Ducati Monster, kind of the same riding style. If you're going towards mm-hmm. more of the crotch rocket route, those two would probably be a little better. Otherwise, I would just recommend starting with a lighter weight cruiser like a, a Shadow or a Rebel or something like that if you mm. want to go the cruiser route or, or like i did the volusia or you know uh, s50 boulevard mm. okay all right cool man if you have a 650 or 650s you're gonna they're both v-twin motors so your rpm range is going to be up to about 8,000 rpm where if you're going with a ninja 250 or ninja 500 or cb 599 or whatever a cbr sorry um your RPM range is going to go up to like 14 or 16,000. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be starting to get your power curve until the 12 or 8 to 12,000 RPM range all the way up I to 16,000. 
So a V-twin motor would be ideal to start with because you have torque and power from about 3,000 to 7,000 RPM. Correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, I gotcha. But for me, my first bike was a 88 Katana that was literally held together with the zip ties and duct tape that I bought from a friend for 800 bucks. And how I survived yeah. that, I have no idea. Yeah. Nice. So you guys don't, you guys don't recommend like mopeds or anything like that? I think, yeah, no, I think it wouldn't really be the same. If you're, if you want to upgrade eventually, I think you need different categories. You know how bikers, they kind of do the two finger wave thing as you're passing other bikers. Yeah. Yeah. You don't do that with mopeds. <laughs> A great way for you to be off the show again would be for you to get a moped or a trike. <laughs> hey, fuck you, Mike. It's still a free country, okay? I can ride a moped if I want to. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll look into it. I was I, I was, I was uh, looking at a, uh, uh, was that a Kawasaki Ninja? I don't know. Maybe I don't want to spend that much as a, on a first bike. If I'm going to, if I want to put it down a couple of times, then that's not something that I want to, you know, spend so much money on to just to put down and you get a couple up. couple year old ninja 300 or 500 for like three thousand bucks um, that'd yep. be a good good starter bike if you want to go towards crotch rockets mm-hmm. what about the uh ktm 390 dukes duke 390 something like that those are kind of a newer newer bike those look kind of exciting a lot of guys love them they're pretty lightweight you know what's an exciting bike and i know we're way off on a tangent here is the yeah. new harley sportster s those are pretty cool yeah sportster s they have the same style engine it's like the grandchild of the uh night rod the v-rod it's um, the only water-cooled engines that harley makes but it's not the same engine but inspired by that one uh they're running decent horsepower i think they're two horsepower less than the v-rod but a fully Mm. loaded v-rod it's going to be about 670 pounds with a rider Sportster S is going to be 570 pounds with the rider. Oh, that's pretty cool looking. Yeah. The tests on it are pretty good. It's a, it would be a good bike for probably the second bike. Mm. Yeah. They get really good reviews too. Guys who are testing them out and writing about them really love them. So we got like a couple minutes before we got to bounce out of here. Zoom is uh, limiting our time. Anything you want to talk to people about fire safety or anything? You know, it's been. A terrible rash of cats getting stuck in trees lately. Put a leash on your cat. <laughs> Stay new to your pets, you know. You can't keep them inside. <laughs> keep them inside. Do you have a preference of cookies that you like from grandmothers? I'm kind of a yeah. sucker for just how, plain old warm to- chocolate chip cookies. How often do you guys get fed by, like, the public? Is... Uh, not very often. Really? Oh, huh, interesting. Nope. Okay. I kind of figured that was... Kind of like a shoe in for like oh yeah every other day or something like that. You know, there's some stations that have ladies or, or guys. Usually, it's ladies who bring cookies by every week or every month. But mm-hmm. the cases I'm thinking of are where we save their her husband or something that she comes mm. by every so often and just brings cookies. Other ones, you know, you're kind of breaking the cookies apart looking for cat hairs or something like that. Yeah, usually no we just we don't eat stuff usually if we don't really other people but yeah that makes sense that makes sense i wouldn't either yeah you never know there's a lot of crazy people out there <laughs> wow. yeah. well you would know right you, you tell yeah. me <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no it's it's nuts out there <laughs> just do you think do you think it's a uh do you think society is more dangerous now than it was when you first started or is it about the same it's probably realistically about the same but i think mm. tensions are a lot higher so you have a different sort of threat i guess mm-hmm. 
it seems like it's more dangerous, but it's probably probably not more dangerous. I mean, we still get crazy people. We have to make sure the scenes are secure. You know, mm-hmm. people come up and assault our crews all the time. Oh, really? Oh, wow. it's, it's always been like that, though. I mean, just crazy people getting in kind of screaming matches with you while you're trying to help somebody else on the sidewalk and other random people come up and scream at you. And I guess that stuff is just, you know, drugs. Drugs been around forever. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you think you've, you've seen a lot more crazy things happening recently or is it just been like kind of a steady, like another day for you? Yeah, I think it's increased. I, th- I think like I was saying before, the homeless population or homeless problems have increased probably three or fourfold since I've started. Jeez. And with that comes the crazy issues because, you know, most people in general, we, we used to run on calls and it wasn't necessarily drug related. Now, most of them are either drug related or alcohol related or involving a person that has mental deficits due to drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think, yeah, I guess there's probably more crazy than there used to be, at least that I'm dealing with. Mm-hmm. But I work kind of downtown now and I didn't always work downtown. So maybe that's a matter of perspective also. Is it like for the police, they have uh, people that pursue police officers, women are called badge bunnies. Is there a such thing like that with the fire department? Yeah, we actually call them badge bunnies also. We have stalkers. I don't know. Back in my single days, I used to be exposed to a lot more of that, but I just don't really go out and go to clubs or drinking or any of that stuff anymore, at least without my wife there. So I don't really see that anymore. But yeah, there definitely is. We've had one gal who's been stalking one of our firefighters for about four years now. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it's, it's gotten ugly. Like, not, not quite to the point of restraining orders, just because the guy is just too nice to get a restraining order. Yeah. But she's got some sort of mental deficits. She's, I'm not trying to judge her or whatever, but she's extremely obese. And she, it, her car is just full of garbage all the time. Like yesterday, for example, uh, I was at work and we have, uh, you know, you can't see in the station and we've been parking our cars inside the station because of vandalism. Mm-hmm. So she parks the car in the parking lot walks up behind the station and is literally peering through the windows trying to see if that guy's truck is here to see if he's working. And like she goes up to the window. I see her coming up. So I get my phone out. You know, I'm going to take a picture of her, at least pretend like I am. (laughs) I didn't get it out quite in time to get my camera going. She peeks through the window right as I get my camera up and she sees me and she quick turns around and runs off back to her car. And she's been stalking her for probably four years. The city actually paid her off like, $40,000 $40,000 or something up doing that. And it lasted about a year. And that was probably the agreement. Can't come by for a year. And now she's back at it again. Holy Thanks cow. Thanks. She's just trying to get another paycheck. Her mom yes. actually called the union and said, Hey, where does this guy work at? What's his schedule? And so finally the union's trying to do something about it. Who knows? Was, it, union, was this like a, like a, like a save for you guys? Like you guys had to help her out one day and no, no, he that. just, uh, he just happened to be a little too nice to her one day, just had a conversation. I mean, there was nothing sexual or anything like that. No flirting, nothing like that at all. Yeah. But he was just a little nice to her. And now all of a sudden she thinks that he likes her and, and we're trying to, and the city and every, all, all the other firefighters are trying to keep him away from her. And he really wants to be with her and he, she just doesn't get it. Oh, geez. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds weird. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that sounds really weird. <laughs> yeah. We've had the administration involved. We've had the union involved. We've had lawyers involved, but the guy just won't get his own lawyer and get a restraining order on his own. He's just too nice. 
of course, the city's only doing whatever's in their best interest, trying to yeah. mitigate their risk. So. God bless them. God bless yeah. them. Yeah. Jeez. It's unfortunate when departments don't look out for their employees. Yeah, it's frustrating. It is, because I mean, look, think about that poor guy and someone stalking him. You guys have to deal with it, and he has to deal with it. He's trying to be a nice guy and not escalate the situation, but yeah. I think the department would do something more to help him. You so. flip it around, and I'm not trying to raise any politically correct issues or whatever, but if you flip the situation around, and that was some kind of creepy guy doing that to a female firefighter, the city would be up in arms. There would be stuff being done. No, 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 not, not, not a thing. Not a thing. No, no, no not a thing. No, so you, your there's, cynicism, there's, your cynicism is showing. Like, there, there's no, there's no sexual preference. There's no, no, no. That's not a thing. That's not how that works. No, that's not how that works. Yeah. No. Well, no. No, maybe I'm thing. wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> not that. There's no such thing as that. Departments look out for people. How dare you say a department wouldn't look out for its employee? All right. <laughs> Less than a minute to go. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> All right, thanks for joining us, Steve. Uh, Pedro, you can stop laughing or whatever. We have edited so much out of this show, it's absolutely ridiculous. Pedro, say your line. All right, boys and girls, time to say it. Mike and Pedro, peace out. You've been listening to The Mike and Pedro Show. The Mike and Pedro Show is satire and should never be taken seriously. Some may even say it's fake news. Mike and Pedro's comments and opinions are of their characters for entertainment purposes and not their own. While Mike and Pedro love first responders, this show is not affiliated with any first responder agencies.